Mental health can be a difficult topic to talk about. I'd like to change that. I'm Marcus Pipworth and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Hello there. Yes, welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Um, and this one we're going to be talking about anxiety. I like this one. It was, it was really good. It, it was actually born out of an idea we had uh, about sort of around Christmas last year. I was sitting at my friend Steph's kitchen table and we we're having a cup of tea and the conversation just naturally came uh, around to anxiety. It's something that both Steph and I uh, shared that anxiety is part of our lives and it's something that I, um, I actually think that's one of the reasons we first bonded when we met and uh, I just thought after we had this chat I said to Steph this is this is great that was such an amazing conversation and I'd really like to be able to sort of try and capture something like this I feel that often when I do uh, these conversations they're great but some of the best bits happen before I turn the recorder on and after I turn the recorder off and I just wonder how can we create this sort of setting where it feels a little bit more natural and I thought this the kitchen table that's that's it that's the most natural setting in the world sitting around the kitchen table having a cup of tea with friends and we thought well we know quite a lot of people that have anxiety um why don't we try and get some people together and make some tea sit around the table and and have a chat and record it and so this is what this is it did then take months and months to find a time where we could all do that but a few weeks ago I was in Bristol and me Steph Dave and Charlie we sat around the table and we shared our experiences with anxiety and it was it was a lovely chat and I hope we'll be able to do this sort of thing again either with the same people or different people sitting around the table and talking about the difficult bits in life and I think it's really nice it made me really appreciate how um, how important it is to have people in your life that you can share these things with and uh, I know not everyone has that so I do feel very privileged but um, anyway I hope you enjoy this conversation uh, I will say just before we jump into it if you do like these podcasts it would be amazing if you could head over to iTunes and rate and review uh, review it I know I say this every week but not many people do it so it would be lovely uh, because that way it helps me the podcast uh, reach more people and um, and spread these stories further. I also have a Patreon page, which is the way I'm trying to fund this. And so if you can have any offer any support there, that would be great. You go over and you get extra content and um, and that sort of thing. Uh, but also the sort of warm sensation of knowing that you're supporting me to create more spaces to talk about mental health. But anyway. But the most important thing is that you're here, you're, you're listening, and I thank you for that. And I'm going to hand you over to myself, Steph, Charlie, and Dave to talk about anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. It's a bitch sometimes. Mm. Why? But I think, well, it was, it was interesting, because I think one of the early conversations are we, we had. Are we, <laughs> yeah, we're going. <laughs> one of the only conversations we had um, was the one where I was saying, like, I find it like obviously it's challenging having anxiety, but I wouldn't want to change it because it, it's I feel like it's a side effect of good things as well, and I feel like if if I got rid of anxiety, I'd lose some of the things, the good things about myself, some of the things I really like, and I see it more as like a side effect of the way I am. Like, you know, I'm really good and really efficient at doing loads of things and holding a lot of stuff in my brain, which means I can get a lot of stuff done. But that also means I have a lot of stuff in my brain sometimes and I don't always know how to turn it off, I guess. And so I could, it's something I can kind of learn to manage the bad side effects of, but I don't want to rid myself of the things that cause it completely because that would not be me. Do you still feel like that? <laughs> Do I still feel like yeah. that? Um, well, given that I almost had an anxiety attack the other night. Um, no, I do still feel like that. I still... Because I, I feel I've got better and better at managing the anxiety and knowing what the triggers are for stuff. Like I feel like, for me, a lot of it is quite situational. And if I look after myself physically, then I am much less likely to have an anxiety attack. 
so anyone who knows me will know that I have to drink water. <laughs> or, uh, I don't know, I go through the stage of being grumpy and I get really anxious. Um, so like, if I keep hydrated, if I eat well, if I sleep well, I'm much better at managing it. Um, but no, I do still feel like that, because I think that it's so intrinsic. I think there's some negative triggers that cause it, but I think there's just some things about how I am as a person that means I'm more susceptible to it, perhaps. I don't know. But I think anxiety is different for everyone. What are the negative triggers? What, sorry? What, do you, what are the negative triggers? For anxiety for me? Uh, like what, what triggers my anxiety? Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the period I had really bad anxiety for, I think I was in a really dysfunctional situation and that was a massive trigger for me like being somewhere that wasn't right where I wasn't myself where I wasn't able to be myself I mean I can put my I can definitely point, pinpoint physical triggers like not sleeping for example but I still don't necessarily know what the emotional triggers are for me they just sometimes it just comes out of the blue I don't see it coming and then I stop and have a big cry in the middle of a case bath <laughs> or something for example <laughs> um yeah I don't I, you know I don't necessarily know what has caused that or why but that's you know, that's you know that's my experience of it and and I think sometimes hindsight I can look back and see what has caused that but in the moment I I, I physically feel it coming like I get hum I get this kind of yeah. resonance and once that <clears throat> once that process starts, it's quite difficult to stop. Um, yeah, but it, I I can feel it coming now. It doesn't usually come on me completely unawares, but sometimes it I quite quickly go down that circle. But I mean, I've had I don't know three four anxiety attacks in the last year. So compared to where I was a few years ago, that's a huge kind of improvement. And does it like ebb and flow? over long periods? Or do you, uh, is it always there? That's an interesting question because until like, until three, four years ago, I wouldn't have said I had anxiety either. Like I didn't recognise it as anxiety. Mm. People always, I think my mum would have said I was a stressy child, um, or always worried. But I think it wasn't until like when I lived in Canada that it really manifested as quite a raw kind of anxiety. And that period I have there, I've never had anything kind of like that before. Um, I mean, it's difficult to know because I, I think I went, I went about a year without, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> I went about a year without having an anxiety attack, and then have had, I don't know, three in the last four months. But I also think that corresponds to the fact that I've been going to counselling and I've been prodding things in my brain, and a lot of stuff has been a lot more raw. So that's probably got something to do with it. Alright. How about you guys? Well, because today is the two-year anniversary for my first anxiety attack, so it's an auspicious day to do this. <laughs> yeah. um, and sort of the same. I like you know, once I'd had an anxiety attack and had had it diagnosed as an anxiety attack, as opposed to heart attack, stroke, brain tumor, the three things I went through at the time, wondering what this was. Um, I suddenly saw you know, countless times in my past that were sort of you know, vague versions of it. And I started seeing, okay, so what I thought of as being nervous or shy or worried was the same thing as just a lesser version of an anxiety attack. It's like the same thing, the same kind of process just didn't push kind of past that sort of tipping point um and and I'm, I'm at the moment and I'm I have still have little a lot of nights I will still have little kind of mini background anxiety attacks where my heart rate goes um and occasionally I get a little kind of explosion of adrenaline that I can feel in my chest and it goes out down to my fingertips and my toes but compared to when I was having anxiety attacks you know, like every day 
my head was full of the stuff. My head was completely full of the things that you know, were, were or were not causing my anxiety. Um, and since kind of changing, changing my life and changing my circumstances, that part of it went. So now I have these anxiety attacks and it's just like, oh, I'm having an anxiety attack, I'm not sleeping. This is annoying because I've got to get up in the morning and go to work, but the, the, like the emotional side of it has at least temporarily disappeared. But I would really like <laughs> the rest of it to go away. <laughs> I would really like it if I didn't have these things anymore um, because I didn't used to. And um, I have, I did decide a while ago, I think while I was still really suffering, that I would, you know, in my path to try and take sort of get some sort of recovery, I decided that I would think of myself as like, like alcoholics or always alcoholics. I would think of myself as, okay, I suffer from anxiety. I just haven't suffered from anxiety for a week or two weeks. And like, say when I was, to go, there was a time when to go a week without an anxiety attack was huge. Um, and it was only really, you know, okay, I've had one every day for six days. I can't do this. It was mm. the kind of getting to that level of unrelenting that made me finally kind of take the huge risks or what I saw was huge risks to actually kind of try and get out of it. Um, but, but yeah, it's interesting. I'm very, very attached to dates of bad things, unfortunately. <laughs> and it was really interesting when I realised that I was doing this on the day that would be like two years since my first one. Um, because, you know, I have a real kind of strong connection to various time cycles and for me, a year is a really important amount of time. Mm. And I haven't had a, I haven't had a serious anxiety attack for the last year, or what I would consider a serious anxiety attack, which left me feeling, you know, drained and broken. But I've had so many, <laughs> still had so many anxiety attacks through this year, and so it's, oh, it's two years now of, I would still say, you know, suffering. Because I think you feel it really physically as well. Like talking to you about what it feels like when you have an anxiety yeah. attack, it's it's your experiences seem so much more extreme. Yeah. Than mine. I want to run away. Like it's flight. It's pure flight. I want to run away. And when they were at their worst, I would notice it. I would sit, and my feet would be paddling. Mm. And my arms would be, you know, like like I was running away. Mm. And there were times when I was having having anxiety attack with friends. <laughs> <laughs> one time a friend you know she just kind of gently held my feet and to stop my feet jiggling but then it just moved up my body and like my everything above my legs was um and I found that walking was the thing I needed to do because mm. I, I if I walked I mean sometimes I'd walk for hours a day sometimes and I had to walk slowly because anything that got my heart rate going was basically having an anxiety attack. So I found I'm a quick walker traditionally. I was a quick walker. <laughs> and I found this really sort of gentle pace that was enough to make it feel like I was getting somewhere, like I was getting away, but wasn't so much that it actually, you know, raised my heart rate. But yeah, no, like it was a huge physical like I said, I would feel this explosion from my whatever gland it is. Um and it would, you know, I could feel the tingle go out all the way down my limbs to my fingers and my toes. Um, and some days, like the times when I was, you know, sanguine about it, I could just go, oh, I'm having an anxiety attack <laughs> and just wander off, find somewhere quiet, sit down and just let it pass. And they were good days and the bad days, I didn't do that. And then they could go on for hours. And I think one New Year's Eve, so New Year's Eve, what, 2016... I think I did like four and a half hours of anxiety attack because wow. I wanted to go out, but I didn't want to go out and I couldn't find, it took me four and a half hours of anxiety attack to just go, you're not going out, <laughs> it's all right, yeah, it's New Year's Eve when you think you love New Year's Eve, but no, just don't go out. Fortunately, I had a friend with, I had a friend with a very young child who also wasn't going out, so I could go out and be looked after. 
Mm. But yeah, some of it just I look back now and it's like, oh, you know, the the levels of internal conflict. I feel like it came from internal conflict. That's where for me it came from. It's just this irresolvable or apparently irresolvable conflict between you know one side of me and the other side of me but then that sort of expressed itself in so many other ways that kind of learning to not create any extra conflict for myself was part of calming it all down it's like almost like accept like accept the conflict that I have no real control over and don't you know, don't bring it into the world like, but I want to go out for New Year's Eve. I want to go out. I should be able to go out. <laughs> oh, but I can't go out. But I want to go out. It's like, oh, you know, after some time, I realised, like, just don't. <laughs> just, just accept it. Just accept it as a thing. Because, um, like, yeah, it's sort of the realisation that I would just shovel fuel onto it. I would just, you know... Like, add to it and add yeah. to it. And yeah, because I would often feel like the more I try to fight it as well, like, sometimes trying to stop, like, especially when it goes down to a certain point, trying to stop myself. It's like sometimes actually just letting it come, letting it happen, and then it's kind of... I think that's what I have to do. If it comes and it's got to a certain point, then I just have to let it mm. continue. Yeah. There's basically no way for me to stop it that I've worked out. Yeah. So I have to... Now I'm better at sensing a little bit before that when I can sort of start to sense it. And yeah. I have to do the same. I basically just have to go and walk and walk and walk and walk until I, my mind's like off that and then I come back and it's okay. But if I don't, it's just yeah. it's just gone. I mean, I think I haven't had any... I think the, in about February or March, I had like a really sort of severe anxiety attack and I hadn't had one for a couple of months before that and I think I, I thought I would sort of pass that sort of stage and I could still feel low levels of anxiety a lot of the time but that time I was I was at my parents house which I was often find quite difficult because I'm having to try and sometimes explain what my lifestyle is <laughs> which is really hard to do uh, but um, I, I can't remember what it was but there, there, there was some sort of like minor conflict going on between me and my dad and it just snapped and I could feel that because what happens to me I get this feeling I, I can't really describe it, but like I've used it before this metaphor of sort of the tabs on a computer screen it's just like they're constantly opening and I'm trying <laughs> to shut them down <laughs> every time I shut one down like five more so that, and I could just feel my head going like tasks and plans and ideas and stuff just piling up mm. to the point where I'm just frantically trying to do it and this time I can't remember what it was it just snapped and I could feel my like body like sitting there and it's starting to shake and I was trying to like hold it and then I just like ended up like I just like punched myself really hard in the head to try and like mm. just because I like like the like yeah. just blow my hands because my head I'm not going to hit really because my head was just so full and then yeah. like my dad stormed because he thought I was being dramatic or I couldn't and I couldn't breathe and then I like ended up after a while so basically like rocking on the floor with my mum like holding me oh, and I was like wow that's like hasn't happened like that for a long time yeah and um and then it didn't happen again until in um August I was in. I was in Germany and I was walking along in the in Cologne and um, I could just suddenly start feeling my like my hands just mm. like twitching and I was talking walking talking to a friend and I was like this is not like I can't really function I can't really focus on this all I can do is try and hold my hands still we we're walking and then eventually I could just sort of sense that I couldn't really talk to her anymore like every the words were sort of coming out weird and I was and I couldn't really got to this weird point where I couldn't really work out whether I was talking to her or if I was talking to myself or if I was talking to nobody. And it got to this point where suddenly all the buildings seemed like they were really close to me and then mm. it seemed like all the people and the traffic had suddenly turned the noise up. And eventually I could just have this image of sort of doing that again, like sort of rocking in the streets in Germany with all the people around. So yeah, I basically just had to tell my friend, I can't, I need to just sit down here and I just sat and just stared at like the horizon between some buildings for about five minutes and then it sort of went away but I could still feel it inside mm. of me but it's it's, a hor- it's it's weird because it is a very very physical 
sensation. Mm. Mm. How's it for you, Joey? For me, it's really triggered by people around me and how that then makes me feel about myself. And um, so if I feel like I'm not good enough or not, particularly in my work when I'm sort of tour guiding, if I've got someone who is unhappy with an aspect of the tour, then I will just immediately take it on as, like, that's my fault. It's something that I've mm. done wrong. I'm not good enough. Um, and it will just spiral from there to not being able to give the talks that I'm supposed to give um, because I you know, wasn't able to ask, answer a question um, I'm, therefore I'm useless because I don't need to answer that question so I can't now do my presentation on for example like the 100 years war because I'm useless and it, it's, it comes completely from how I think other people are viewing me mm. um, to the point that I can't even think about like, what might be going on for them if they're unhappy about something what's what's their paradigm and how you know what point of view are they coming from I can't I, I just get completely blinkered take it all on for myself um and it just creates these uh, such feelings of, of like low worth and I just mm. really feel it and so just very kind of low level sort of shaking um and I I I wouldn't know if I'd ever call it an anxiety attack um but it's just that, you know, tightness yeah. and that sort of drop stomach, mm. like that sort of stomach ache and um it's kind of general anxiety rather than yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think we all kind of we is, get as well, yeah. Yeah, I guess those examples well, especially my own where the the very extremes that happen they used to happen a lot, now they happen like maybe once mm. every six months if that, but yeah. Yeah, the mm. other like yeah, but that's a different story, I guess, to the just the general slug mm. of yeah. <laughs> general anxiety. Just feeling anxious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It gets but, to the point where, you know, yeah. it would be easier to... I, I used to think, oh, I'm really independent. I, I like to go to cinema by myself and I, I like to go to theatre by myself. And then sort of realising after a while of, kind of carefully analysing it and understanding myself more through therapy, it's like, no, I'm, I'm doing stuff by myself because it means I, there's no pressure I'm not worried about how everyone else is feeling. My actions aren't going to affect anyone. Um, and it's it's a break to be by myself. Um, and I'm rarely anxious if I'm alone with myself. If I'm you know thinking about mm. other interactions, that then might you know make me anxious. But it's it's so linked to how I'm viewed by others. Yeah. Um, of how my actions or decisions, you know would affect others and how that they would then view me i i definitely i get that general kind of feeling of anxiety when i feel apart so if i if i kind of go to somewhere where i feel like everyone else is part of something it's like i guess like social anxiety of like not feeling part of something of walking into a room just being like getting together like (gasps) and just just wanting to leave just wanting Mm -hmm. to turn around and walk out and not kind of engage with that and and sometimes doing that and sometimes not doing that um yeah but I think I think sometimes that that can be a trigger for things to spiral for me as well like it sometimes it's just general kind of social anxiety and it's fine it's just it really was not fine <laughs> it's horrible um but I can kind of bear it and push through it, and then sometimes it it spirals further. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's strange though the physicality of it though, and how like everyone feels it physically in a different way. Because I feel it afterwards as well. I feel it like after an anxiety attack, I can still feel it for hours. Mm. I still like I kind of call it the hum. Mm. Um, like a kind of resonance that it's just yeah it's just there and I just I just want to get rid of it I just want to kind of shake it out yeah so I would sometimes get I mean sadly it wasn't every time but I would get times when I would feel quite elated afterwards I would have like oh, I don't know I don't know if it was you know just some other kind of you know the okay calm down hormones going but there were times when it was that kind of feeling of oh, you know purging I think they were the times when I was most, here it is, here it comes, I'm ready, I'm just going to let it 
happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are times when I was able to like think about it. There are times when I talked about it. I remember one time I was not on the phone to my best friend from school um, because I was, you know he was phoning me. I was having an anxiety attack. I just thought, what the fuck? I'll just I'll answer it and see what this is like. Yeah. Um, and that was one way that I was describing it down the phone. And yeah, and afterwards, kind of had this real sort of sense of yeah, strangely uplifted, like I'd done something good. Um, and maybe because there is a you know there is a sort of fundamental negativity to it, isn't there? There's mm-hmm. Some um, for me, it was just fear. It always just felt like this is fear of whatever it took a long time to really work out what I was afraid of but it was just fear and I think there were times when I felt like I'd almost like vanquished the fear whatever it was I'd somehow won and then I got the you know the associated hormones telling me well done Mm. weren't you brave didn't you do well defeating the thing that you were afraid of um even though there was no thing to defeat ultimately Mm. Um, and sometimes that upset me <laughs> the fact that there just <laughs> there wasn't a bear it was always a bear for me that was my paradigm like there is no bear there is no bear trying to eat me if there were a bear trying to eat me this would make sense this would make perfect sense I would be having an appropriate and normal reaction to the bear <laughs> but there is no bear but is there not some sort of metaphorical oh, bear yeah, there, well, was, there was a metaphorical bear I think, I think <laughs> much harder to see than an actual bear I think bear, sometimes there is a metaphorical bear so like my, <laughs> when I was in Canada like I basically had anxiety for about three months like low level every day I don't I mean, I had a few anxiety attacks for sure, but it was it was just like a hum every day and just mm. all the mental stuff going with it. Um, and that was definitely a um, metaphorical bear. You are <laughs> but, in Canada, though. So. <laughs> I was in Canada, there were very actual bears as well. Um, but then I look at a lot of other stuff, and I think, I think one of the things I struggle with is the distrust of not quite knowing... I mean, some, it's like, is this something I need to push through? Like, social anxiety, is this just something I need to push through and fight? And is this something that I need to fix in myself? Or is there a situation that my brain is rightly telling me to get out of? And I'm just like, I don't know, I can't. And I can't see what that situation is. Like, when I was there, I didn't know what that situation was. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. until I left the situation where I was like, oh, that was probably what was causing the anxiety. <laughs> you know, and it... It's really easy with hindsight, um, but I think sometimes that kind of, a lot of the feelings of anxiety I have aren't, don't want to listen to them because I think it's, it's not something that's, there, there is no metaphorical bear, like, it's... <laughs> it's something it's, small in a bear suit. <laughs> <laughs> fortuitous meeting sometime in the week or two after my first anxiety attack with someone I knew who it turned out I didn't know but it turned out was doing a PhD in counselling psychology specialising in low and mid level anxiety Um, and uh, (laughs) so it was her like that she I mean she was we just had a chat in the park but she she said it's so she thought the most useful way of conceiving of it was a a huge overestimation of the level of threat to your actual life like your your existence and a huge underestimation of your ability to deal with it and it took me I say it took me a long time to take that concept and actually like absorb it and internalize it to the point where I could particularly accept that I could deal with it and it took quite a lot of counseling as well and a counselor who just uh, that's really all she did was like you can you can deal with that can't you you can deal with that you'll be all right you can um but it was that once I kind of tipped over that point into the that sort of point where I was okay I, I actually I don't just believe this in the very like top of my brain I've now believe mm. this that the threat is not that bad and it was my ability it was like I really tried to focus on my ability to deal with it it's like okay the threat is I have no control over the threat because mm. that's coming from outside even if the you know 
or I think it's coming off site. Perception is external, um, but I can do something about this. And I was hoping, I mean, I've not really, not really got that far yet, but I started thinking, oh my God, I could use this to all the things that I hate, I, the situations I just avoid because I cannot be bothered with that feeling of, you know, sort of gnawing anxiety, as I now would call it, or worry or stress, as I used to call it. Um, like, I hate being judged. I hate being sad. hate it so badly. But then there's lots of situations where, you know, it's like, oh, but if you let yourself get in that, you can get a lot out of it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I started thinking maybe I can use that, that sort of, you know, that's the bit to try and rationalise. And for a long time, I made the mistake of trying to rationalise the fear. And eventually, it's like, it's an irrational fear. <laughs> it's not. Mm. There is no bear. Um, but it seemed like, you know, I started being able to rationalise the threat. Like, the, my sorry, my ability to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I was specifically terrified of poverty because I needed, I was in the relationship that was really the cause of my anxiety. Um, and it turned out I was terrified of poverty and I was terrified of losing my friends and I was terrified of kind of not having a home. Like they were the, they were the sort of the anxieties that were fighting the anxiety coming from the relationship and that was the conflict. And once I finally admitted those things, I felt, I mean, I felt so ashamed it's another problem I have. Uh, I felt so ashamed of them because I was like, oh, you know, like, I have no concept of, like, some people are genuinely poor and they genuinely suffer poverty. Some people are genuinely alone. Like, I have so many layers of protection in my life because I'm very lucky. So I felt ashamed to admit it, that this is what I was mortally terrified of. But gradually it's just like, well, you know, these are things that I can do something about I have some power over these like maybe it won't work maybe I won't succeed how I want to be but I have some power over earning money you know and finding somewhere to live and you know I have friends and I should trust them that they won't just kind of abandon me um and so when you're sort of talking about that social anxiety which I think I'm quite lucky not really to have had. Um, yeah, my immediate thought was just, well, you know, the, the, there's a sort of leaving doesn't matter, staying doesn't matter. If you kind of see that you, know, you can, what, what, is, what is the worst that can happen? You know, what is the mm -hmm. problem? I understand entirely that doesn't make sense when you're there because I have it the same. The worst that could happen is the worst thing that could ever happen to anybody ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but... Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, I learned from you to leave a party. You taught me that. <laughs> it's okay to leave. It's not, and so it's like that point when you realise you've peaked. Mm. You know, the last party I went to, that's what I did. I realised I have peaked now, and I'm on that slow descent. And if I go now, I will feel better than if I wait to the point where I go. Oh god, this party's awful. Now I must go home. And I feel crap. And yeah. And, and I think that's exactly the same thing, just viewed from the happy side rather than the awful side. It's exactly yeah. the same concept. It's just that rather than feeling driven from it, I was able to go. Right, I am expressing my agency here. I like this. I like it less now. I will go home. Mm. Um, and I could never leave parties before that. And then you showed me the way. <laughs> but I left a party. Yeah. Yeah. And it was fine. Because yeah. <laughs> you did it, you know, you left things. You were like, I'm going now. I've yeah. had a great time, time, but I'm going home. <laughs> I think, oh, that, can you do that? <laughs> is that something that is possible? Oh my God, you can do that. Um, I, Charlie, I was wondering how um, your kind of training to be a counsellor has affected how you feel about anxiety. Because, you know, obviously you're looking at a lot of the yeah. theory behind stuff. Because like, yeah. we've talked a lot about that. Mm -hmm. And I get, yeah, the stuff that you, we've talked about has been really interesting to me. But, yeah. It's, it is really difficult to apply theory when you're in the middle of it. And then 
and then you sort of take a step out, like, oh, okay. Um, I think one of the things I, I like about being a counsellor is if I'm with a client and I feel anxious, um, that's that's a re- really good thing. And then I go to my supervisor, like, oh, this, this client has brought up anxiety in me. And, and being allowed to explore and encouraged to explore what feelings are. Whereas in my other role as a tour guide or a support worker, the anxiety was seen as, um, like, I couldn't tell my boss. Like, don't tell my boss I feel bad, I feel awful, I don't feel good enough, because then that means I'm not good enough and I'm not doing a good enough job. And, and really, it's... I feel it like it's in so many places it's not seen as like a positive tool even though mm-hmm. kind of what you were saying earlier that your anxiety sometimes drives you to get things done mm-hmm. um, I think in the same way in, as a counsellor like it, it is a tool for understanding and expression um, and in, t- in terms of like sort of the theory behind anxiety I think everyone is, is so different I don't think there is one cause and it's um like for me I I wouldn't go into a counselling room and say you've got anxiety okay it's this Mm. but just using it as a a tool to find out what's what's driving it yeah um if that makes sense um so even just around this table it's like we it's all different things are kind of the cause of it and different routes through it as well it's like mm. just the same way that there's different reasons behind it something that works for one person is not going to work mm. for someone else I mean everyone else could drink eight pints of water a day and still be super, <laughs> still be super anxious yeah. um, really sloshy yeah but I think I think for me one of the things that's really helped though is be able to talk about it really openly and I think I'm quite lucky that in my work in some of my work that's also been the case like, I mean, I have a kind of quite a weird job situation, but some of the people I work with, I'm able to say, I'm feeling really anxious today, or I've had a really difficult week, and that's okay. And that's because it's with people I know also struggle. But I think also in my group of friends, like the first anxiety attack I had when I came back from Canada was on the coast path when I was walking with three friends. And they were all ahead of me, and I just sat down and started crying in the really narrow point of the coast path. And it was brilliant, because they all just came and sat with me. Somebody passed me some water, somebody got out some biscuits, and they just sat with me. Nobody tried to give me rational thoughts or anything like that. They just sat and waited with me and chatted with me and, you know, hugged me until I kind of came out the other side. And actually, like... Again, this year, the couple of anxiety attacks I've had, Dave was there for one of them. Um, uh, (laughs) But it was, like, actually being at a friend's house for dinner, playing a board game and just saying to the two people I was with, I'm I'm just feeling, like, super anxious. And I think that's the first time I've ever been with people from that first stage going down, like, going down the drain Mm. with people. And as a result, I think it's one of the least extreme anxiety attacks I've ever had because it was like, it's with two people who suffer with anxiety. There was no, there was no shame. There was no, there was none of that. I wasn't worried about what was happening. It, yeah. And I think having, I feel really fortunate to have friends who, who understand who, I mean, maybe not everyone has anxiety, but I think people have a good understanding of it. No other people who do maybe, I've got a lot of friends who suffer with depression as well, and it just being quite an open forum for that, which I think is really helpful for me because it normalises it. It doesn't turn it into a big deal. Like, if I say to one of you guys, oh, I had an anxiety attack last week, it's not like, oh, my God, you know, I've got to fix you, or whatever. It's, it's, it is, it's, it's, I'm able to say it in passing conversation without it being a huge deal, and that is hugely helpful for me in normalising that and I found the more that I talk about it the more conversations I've had about it the more other people have talked to me about it and the more normal I've realised it is Yeah. but it was having that first step of starting to talk to people about it was a huge deal 
like, you know, coming back from Canada to a group of friends who, before I went away, I'd never talked about mental health with. And then suddenly coming back and people being like, oh, how was Canada? I was like, well, you know, there's, there's some really great parts. How do I talk about the three months of crippling anxiety? <laughs> Which I, you know, I was still feeling the, the dregs of when I came back. Um, yeah. I think for me, I mean, I, well, I'm a, I need to talk anyway. <laughs> Uh, but for me there was a there seems to be a really kind of like inseparable connection between like talking talking or not talking and how bad the anxiety was because it was such obvious fear in me and talking about it was a risk but also, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I ever had any experience of talking to someone and um, dismissing it. I mean, I'm quite persistent. So, <laughs> um, but so the act of talking to someone and having them apparently care that takes away some of the fear. Just that sort of simple fact takes away some of the fear, and that so many times that would sort of stop the descent. You know, that would halt the descent. Like they're not doesn't cure me it doesn't like take it away but it stops that kind of sense of dropping and dropping and dropping um I remember one time I was just out walking I was walking 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 I've got to get out I've got to walk and just pounding the streets <laughs> and bumped into two friends and you know and told them like well what, well, what are you up to like, I'm having an anxiety attack <laughs> and I'm walking and they took me to their house and they talked to me and they gave me tea and it's like that Again, it's like almost like that's what, you know, I think that's what I was searching for, really. I was searching for compassion and concern. Like, yeah, I'm struggling. And any example of anyone caring about that sort of took me one step back to, you know, where I wanted to go. Um, and I was astounded at how many people... I knew and didn't know suffered from anxiety, suffered from anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when I met you, Marcus, <laughs> I was, I, I, it was a huge thing. Like Steph's birthday party was a huge thing for me to do. But I went there knowing that a lot of the people I'd never met who were frightening also suffered from anxiety (laughs) so I kind of went there with this feeling in my head like I'm going to meet people and that's that's terrifying me at the moment but I'm fairly confident that I will be able to say as one of my opening lines I'm suffering from anxiety at the moment and not be oh god who's this guy at the party but someone who will be sympathetic and share something with me um and that was amazing. Well, that, that, that was, a, I mean, that, that was, a, I remember being really anxious before that because I basically, I think I knew you, Steph. And my housemates, yeah. And your housemates. And I didn't know anyone else. How many people were there? I don't 25. Know, 20 <laughs> but like, I mean, I, I drove with one of your other friends, like, gave for a lift from Brighton to there. And, 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 and we had this nice chat and I, I thought like, okay, she's, she's really lovely and I think all the people that Steph's going to have there are going to be nice so I went there and it and it was totally fine but I do remember that thought of being like what am I doing I'm going to like the middle of nowhere to, to stay in a hostel with some, uh, 25 people I don't know like and I was at that time I was I'd be, it was the winter and I'd been struggling a little bit like sort of inside my head anyway but yeah it's really nice to talk to people about it because I feel one of the things I always find why I think it's so good for me to talk to people is because once I start to get it out of my head and hear and have it reflected back what I'm saying, I could start to hear sort of how unfounded some of the things are or how confused some of the things yeah. are. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that's really a really helpful part of the process, I think, to actually... Because when I'm trying to deal with it in my head, all these irrational thoughts coming yeah. up and there's just so many of them, it just, and as I said, more and more popping up and it just becomes just unmanageable to the point where there's the whole world stops existing and it's just like this really strong projection from inside my head and i know that it it 
in my head, I see these thoughts go around, and I'm like, these are really, these don't make any sense. I and like the logical part of my brain is going, that makes no sense, and the the feeling in me is like, I don't care if it makes no sense, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember um, just before I left Canada, I, I I I used to when I got an anxiety attack, I used to feel it so physically, like I get a hugely tight chest, like I genuinely thought I was having a heart attack. But I remember. But worrying that I was having a stroke and at this point I was living in a tiny home on my own on a bit of land there was nobody else living there and I was just like I was just I just started panicking and the anxiety just got worse and worse and worse so I walked to the nearest house where I knew somebody and turned up at the door um and my friend opened the door let me in was like oh it's fine come in for a cup of tea and I started talking to her husband and I was like I get this really physical anxiety and he's just like one of the the warmest calm, open, calmest open people ever and he was like oh my God, me too. I get really tight chest and I get this. And I was like, oh my God, it's not just me. Like, and that was one of the first times I talked to somebody about what it felt like and what I was going through. And I just burst out crying. So to have somebody who I consider like a really happy, kind of (laughs) lovely person to be like, oh no, I know exactly how you're feeling. I I get that sometimes as well. Just completely normalised it for me. Um, yeah, and that was a bit of a, a breakthrough and that maybe I should talk to people more about how I was feeling. Yeah. I like your comment there about my birthday. I was like, maybe that should be the tagline. Hi, come to my birthday. Two thirds of my fans are anxiety. <laughs> 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 it's probably fairly accurate. <laughs> it was good for me, that's for sure. It yeah. was really good for me. It is like totem- totemic in my recovery yeah you know it's, it's there is this sort of beacon of like corner turning it's like I kind of rounded the like the dark shadow bit and peeped at the light again um but I think almost it... got like come on come on come on come on come on come on it's okay it's okay it's okay it is trying to tell you something I think anxiety yeah like yeah yeah it's like and I think that's why it's so different for so many for everyone mm-hmm. it's not it's not a sort of a kind of one size fits all this is like an illness you know it's like yeah. okay what's what's behind it and what you were saying when you were having a panic attack and anxiety and, and what you wanted was compassion and care and you like that really struck a chord with me because like oh okay yeah that's what you were looking for mm-hmm. like yeah and it's I think that's something to like that I really need to to kind of remember, and certainly like for me when it hits me, I, I've managed to control it a lot more this summer. When I start feeling really anxious, like telling myself, "No, I am good enough. I am good at what I do," and that's my way of, of being able to control it. It's thinking, "Hey, what's behind it? What what do I need? What am I looking for? And where can I get that from? Um, whether it's from myself or from like talking to others." Um, yeah, and when I'm when I'm going back to tour guiding, as example, I am by myself. I'm, I'm like there with twenty five people um, looking for me to be perfect because they paid thousands of dollars for me to be perfect. <laughs> um, and like it's then like it's a t- you know you kind of have to sit yourself in your sort of hotel room and shut the door. And I'm like okay, I'll not give myself a stern talking to because that's not helpful. But just sort of um, just relaxing into it, like. I'm I'm anxious because I want to do a good job and I'm worried that they're not thinking I'm doing a good job but I have to I I need to approve of myself I, I, if I'm always looking for approval from other people mm. then I'm always going to be anxious because I'm never going to get enough approval if I yeah. don't approve of myself first really I think there's also a place as well for not putting yourself in, you know, situations that cause you extreme anxiety. So, <laughs> I, I have no longer talk about it. You know, you're saying you're not talking, you know, the, the, the two companies you tour guided for, and it's a lot worse with one of them yes. because the expectations yeah, yeah. are a lot higher. And it's like, that's a really yeah. good example of being like, this is a situation that causes me anxiety. I'm Maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's something I really empathise with. And I, I think it's something I really struggle with. It's like, how much to push myself to overcome mm. something and how much just to recognise that something does not, is is not right for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's okay. And that's not something I need to fix. It's, you know, I, I used to do a job um, which was target driven. And that caused me huge amounts of anxiety, like massive amounts of anxiety, because it was like we had to hit a certain number of like charity applications to get our funding. And that just put me constantly on a feeling of like having to achieve something, having to do. And it was like, I mean, I'm really, I was really good at it. I did a crazy number of charity applications and it pretty much broke me. It was terrible for me. And it's like, actually, I'm, I'm good at working in high stress environments, but working in high stress environments is not good for me. And that, mm. realising yeah. that and looking at the, the, the life I've built for myself now and being able to manage my own time and okay there's pinch points where I might have like a week of being really busy but actually you know that's manageable I can do that for a week and the rest of the time I manage my own time if I wake up feeling really anxious one day I can take the day off I can go walking I can do whatever I need to to do to manage that and it's so much better for me yeah and that that's a massive realization and I know that's something we've talked about as well and like yeah kind of yeah well I mean that's essentially what I found I spent a couple of years basically in this period where I was so anxious and also really depressed and it was because the things I was doing minor things to try and alleviate some of that depression and anxiety that I felt but actually ultimately I realized sort of very suddenly really that the three things which were causing me most anxiety were the relationship I was in, the job I was doing, and the, I mean, the, the place I was living, the apartment I was living in. Like, basically, none of them were, like, really... They were all causing me really high levels of anxiety, and I think alone, each strand of them would have caused me a lot of anxiety. Together, they were, like, this superpower of anxiety <laughs> and depression. So, so I just flipped between, like feeling like the world so futile, like there was no point to go on because I couldn't get out of it. And feeling, and, and then other days I'd, it'd be more anxiety-based where I need to try and think my way out of it. And and, it's, and actually in the end, I had to just really realise that those were three things which painful as it was, I could change and I did. And it was horrible a lot some that process of dismantling my life mm. basically it was yeah. it was traumatic uh, yeah. and I understand why people don't do it and I understand why I had resisted doing it for so many years mm-hmm. but actually it was there was a few months where it was like almost unbearable but now if I look back to how I feel generally now like I guess before I would be say I don't know what the factors are but like 90% of the time I'd feel awful and then there's a bit of the time where I'd feel okay and now I think it's flipped more <laughs> more or less the other way where yeah. while I'm like broke I'm single I live in a van <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and I and like, I think my parents are horrified at, like, what my prospects are for the future and that's like, I feel to me that doesn't really matter no one can yeah. tell me that I'm doing it wrong because my metrics are that I felt awful all of the time and now I feel most of the time now I feel sort of okay most of the time and that says something to me but it was just yeah I mean it was changing it I mean I guess I tried to do it by like meditating for 20 minutes a day or uh, going for a run which are all useful things but not when like the you can't when everything else around you is not 23 hours and 40 minutes (laughs) yeah yeah. I had to change yeah exactly (laughs) so uh, I don't know that change is painful but I think maybe all all real change is painful in some way did you find it less painful than you thought it was going to be yeah I mean it was it required a lot of sitting with these really uncomfortable emotions which I had been hiding or running away from or suppressing in some way but yeah, ultimately it wasn't, I don't know, I mean, that was like a year ago and it's been months since I've, I mean, since I've, I mean, it was only like a couple of months really where I was in this place where like, this feels like it's possibly the right thing to do, but I could also be completely doing this completely <laughs> the wrong way and only time will tell, but I, I, I feel now that it was the right thing, but yeah, yeah it wasn't. It was really difficult, but not as 
difficult as continuing. Yeah. Because I would couldn't continue. Yeah. Because I had that same in in <laughs> in the run up this week to my anxiety anniversary, I was thinking. Because I, I was suspecting it was going to come back because I tend to have like little uh, reruns of traumas. Um, so this week I was trying to feel grateful to it because like it was my anxiety that basically forced me to do what I needed to do. Like I don't know if I would have got out of the relationship had I not. You know, I had been managing for probably four years I'd been coping I'd been rationalizing I'd been you know making the best of it and looking on the bright side and being positive and um all the time just kind of slowly shrinking like shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and it was yeah it was the violence and the unremitting nature and it's like you know at the time I felt like it just doesn't care like this is a part of me that doesn't care about me and now I look at it and go that's a part of me that really did care um but I found at the time the feeling I had was just like how am I in this state of kind of serious anxiety how am I supposed to take this leap into the unknown like how am I supposed to go actually I am going to like three quarters of my existence I am just going to smash and leave I'm gonna you know and you know this would be frightening if I was feeling really good about myself this would still be terrifying and yet I am in a state of not permanent fear but you know probably 50-50 when I forgot about it I was fine and when I was not being distracted it was back um but then yeah, it was like everything, everything I was afraid of it actually turned out to be, you know, the, the moment of doing it, the moment of separating was just like, it was like taking all the needles out. It was like everything that had been hurting me just gone. Um, and it only lasted two weeks <laughs> before the reality of my situation started to kind of creep back in about what I'd done. But yeah, I mean, I I still remember, and it's very powerful to remember just how how bad I was when I'm feeling gloomy now, when I'm feeling like, oh, you know, where's your life going? What are you doing? Is this what you want? It's like, well... Yes, so much better though, right? So, <laughs> so much better than it was. At least you don't hate everything that you do. At least you don't feel. I mean, it, I think for me, it's a lot of it was. Just, it was just an expression of like agency and freedom. It was just mm. an expression of I. I don't. Okay, I'm. You know, I'm getting out of one shit state of affairs into another shit state of affairs. But the new shit state of affairs, I'm choosing. This is mine. Is mine, I'm yeah. <laughs> whereas the other one I just felt like you know, at some point I, I never chose that. You know, what I chose was the what we used to have, yeah, and I certainly hadn't chosen where we'd ended up. Um, I think because I recognize echoes of that in Canada, of, of yeah, finding yourself in a situation is like, yeah, this is not what I it, it creeps up on you, doesn't it? It's like you wouldn't have got into that situation but that's not the situation you got into that's the situation it became but of I think for me it was like I had no power in that situation no control nothing and the only way to move forwards was to yeah to physically leave that whereas now I find myself in a situation where I have like a bit of general anxiety the occasional anxiety attack and not really a huge like, there's not one thing that's causing it, which is, you know, it's better and worse. There's nothing, well, there's no bad, massive yeah. thing in my life, which is a positive. Um, but equally, I think, I mean, there were benefits to it. It's made me go back to counselling. It's made me prod things, I guess, to try to work out what is underlying, because there evidently are underlying things that is causing it. I mean, it's made me take better care of myself, I guess, as well. But it's it's hard when you just kind of feel like you're kind of looking into a bit of a gloom, and I'm like, somewhere in there, there's there's the problem. <laughs> and especially in that moment, it's not like you know, 
I don't know, like on so the day before yesterday, I started to feel myself going going down the route of an anxiety attack, and I was like. I was so frustrated because I was like, what is wrong? There's nothing wrong. I've just had four days off. I've been walking. I'm happy. I'm having dinner with my friend. What? Mm. What is going on? Please make yourself know. <laughs> it's like, is it just that I didn't drink enough water and I feel like it pushes me closer to a line? Or is is there something going on here that I need to, to address? It's just, it's kind of the frustration of not knowing in that situation. I guess I'm not feeling feeling like I have no control over it. Feeling like there's, I maybe I need to change something, but I don't know why I need to change. So like, great, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think, I guess your housemates are back. <laughs> yeah. So we have, we've been recording for an hour. So I guess shall we, is some, shall we like start to think of some sort of a way to wrap it up? <laughs> Not sure how to wrap that up. No. Uh, well, it's difficult to wrap it up because this is yeah. basically my life is sitting around the kitchen table <laughs> talking, talking, talking as well. It's like... well, just a small window onto it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But that, well, that for me though, that was the key. Was the fact that you know once I started talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then more people started to like, all these people were talking about it, and we were talking about it, and you know, I had a brief, I briefly set up anxiety club to talk mm. about it, and, um, and I don't feel, yeah, at the moment anxiety is a thing like puking. <laughs> it happens. It yeah, happens. happens. Uh, yeah. and it's awful, yeah. and I hate it while it's happening. But yeah, all the associated stuff, I don't feel. Because I feel like I have, I am safe and I am protected from it. Mm. Like my, my own sense of anxiety that I now feel like I have what I need to, to accept it, you know, to be mm. fine with it, mm. to not, cause to not be afraid of it. I think that was the worst thing. Yeah. The anxiety, anxiety yeah. was a real sort of, oh God, I, how, how many circles can I go down? Like how many spirals can I go down? And I, I've discovered when I hadn't had an anxiety attack for months and then had one over the summer that I was like totally like meh and I'd got the longer it'd been the more like vaguely the background concerned I'd got about oh what will happen to me though if I have another anxiety attack how will that affect me and how it affected me was I've had an anxiety attack it's okay because I'm okay yeah yeah I think I think talking about it with people has been a massive thing for me and a massive way through. And I think I was so fearful about it, dam- like bringing mental health into my friendships would damage them. But actually, what it's done is, is just yeah. <laughs> made them so much richer <laughs> and so much better. And actually, I'm looking at the three people around this table, going, "It's pretty fundamental, like part of how we became friends." Yeah. Would we even? Be friends? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think for me, knowing that. I have people I can call, like, if I'm feeling anxious, or I can turn up in the evening and just be like, oh, I'm feeling a bit anxious this evening, might stay for a bit, might go. And also knowing how to be around other people as well, and not uh, being unafraid to ask friends if they're yeah. feeling anxious, and I say, well, what do you need? Because everyone needs something different. Yes. Yeah. As well, and not being afraid to ask for what I need as well, and say... Might go for a walk for a bit, but is it okay if I come back later? Or, you know, just being kind of feeling okay with being quite clear about that. Yeah, not being afraid of it and using, like, ex- exploring it and trying to understand what, what it is for me. And that understanding comes from talking about it. Um, if I'm just sort of feeling anxious and not doing anything about it, it just gets worse and worse. But talking about it can, like, just kind of can unlock something that I wouldn't necessarily have seen if it was just stuck in my head. But verbalising mm. it often, as I said, gives you almost like an ah, oh, okay, that's what that is. Yeah, I, I took yeah. notes during this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I want to think about that more. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> but yeah, like understanding more about it from talking to other people and other people's insights and journeys. Mm. Yeah, and I think once you start talking and you see that it's not something that's exclusive to you and it's a feeling that so many people have then it, it it sort of I think for me it took away some of the power it had over me yeah yeah 
and um, and also I think looking at it, changing my perception of it not as something that I'm broken and I need to fix something, but actually like this is an experience I'm having right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily the huge problem that I'm making out to be because I think anxiety invites anxiety you start to get anxious about the fact that you're feeling anxious and so so I think just to sort of sometimes just be it's okay to feel how I'm feeling and yeah I'm allowed to cancel stuff I'm allowed to do that and and it's totally fine oh I've got a good place to finish on (laughs) yeah is it a joke about anxiety (laughs) no it's not it's the word uh, it's the the word selfful (laughs) (laughs) so so, I invented a word selfful so um Looking after yourself, like the you've got selfish and you've got selfless, but selfish has got like horrible connotations attached to it, and you know selfless is probably you know the wrong thing when you need to look after yourself. So selfful, doing something but selfful, looking after yourself and putting yourself first, reclaiming reclaiming the words as a positive thing. Selfful, self, take it to the world. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was nice. It was really nice for me to re-listen to that. It was such a, a great conversation to be part of. And yeah, just really lovely just sitting around with some people and chatting them. I mean, I, I know Steph quite well. Charlie and Dave, I've met uh, only a couple of times, but always gotten really well. I think we had a... a, a, a connection over sort of the, the mental health and the uh, and the vulnerability and the and the desire to speak and share what we're going through and not to hide it so I think we uh, I, I think I find in those situations it's much easier to go deeper quicker with people and, and form a stronger bond than I would have in the past definitely um I loved that having that conversation around the kitchen table and I think it's really important to create spaces where these things are able to happen more often and not on not I mean not just on the recording I mean just in daily life just to feel that it's okay to ask a friend or a family member how they're feeling and just have a chat make a cup of tea and talk about the real things not just about the superficial things not just about the great British bake-off not just about uh who what's happening in your street just like some real hard real hard to deal with topics but that are, that can really create change, really create transformation, and really sort of build a foundation of love and respect that um, that I think can really change the world. It can certainly change your life. Um, so anyway, thanks a lot again to Steph and Dave and Charlie for for joining me with that in that conversation. I hope we get to do it again, and I'm sure we'll certainly get to sit around tables and have cups of tea again together. Um, if you'd like to find out more about my journey with the ministry of change then check out my website which is www.theministryofchange.org uh check out some of the past podcasts if you haven't listened to them already and as i mentioned at the beginning do go onto itunes and rate and review this podcast with great reviews and lots of stars please and also go over to my uh have a look at my patreon page if you're able to offer any financial support which really really helps me to uh basically earn money so i can create can continue creating spaces like this uh which is quite hard work would you believe it um anyway uh but for now thank you very much for tuning in uh please do like and share this with uh in your networks and i will be back soon with some more podcasts i'm going to new york next week so it might not be for a few weeks but um i will be back here soon But until then, stay selfful.